Welcome to Sugar We're Going Down Podcasting, a Fallout Boy podcast where we go track by random ass track until we die. My name is Caitlin, and joining me until we die is Joe. Hey, Caitlin. Hey, Joe. I'm just vibing today. Hell yeah. I listened to I listened to the song for this week, and I'm just I'm just vibing now. That's that's a fair state to be in, I would say. Bro, I am just, I am just vibing. Bro, I am truly just vibing. I am all vibes. I aspire to be all vibes, but I'm a petty bitch, so you know it's hard. This, this the same week that this comes out is also the, uh, a week where on my, my Kingdom Hearts adjacent podcast, Got It Memorized, I, mm-hmm. I had to read a lot about vibes. Because um, it turns out that's an integral part of The World Ends With You lore. It's vibes <laughs> vibe checks yeah lots of lots of vibe checks in that one <laughs> hello my name is joe i use i use any and all pronouns it's this been is a, a show minute since we... we've done pronouns i feel like yeah you know i really I, I don't say it on every show but i feel like i just should because then when i do it once on a show i don't normally it feels mm-hmm. weird so i feel yeah. like i just need to rip off the band-aid and say it every time i speak to any human yeah, I feel like I should start doing that, too, especially because my pronouns are weird. No pronouns are weird. All pronouns are valid. I feel like you are correct. My relationship I know, with I my know what you mean. Yes, my relationship with my pronouns is weird. I use she and they pronouns, but only because I could never get away from being gendered. Anyway, we're talking about Heaven's Gate. Yeah, a, a soulful ballad that comes, uh, I think, like halfway through Mania. Fallout Boy's most recent record. Let me double check. Uh, yeah, track six of ten. So mm-hmm. um, just over the the halfway uh, mark. The top comment on Genius.com, please sponsor us, comes to us from uh, Veronica Alvar- Alvarenga, who says, "Play this shit at my wedding, bitch." Mood. Yeah. Also, I I I think this comment is from before the record released because one of them says, "Where did you get this from? Is it real?" So I don't. I don't, I, I have to guess, but anyways, Heaven's Gate, uh, I do, I do enjoy it quite a bit. It is uh, a little different for them. They've, they've always had, mm-hmm. Patrick's always had a hint of soul in his voice. He knows how to use it that way. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes their instrumentation, uh, has leaned that way. Um, I, I think especially if I'm like a lawyer, but I think this is the most that they've truly just leaned into it and slowed the whole band down. Mm-hmm. That is exactly what I was thinking when I was listening to it. It is very, yeah, the entire time I was listening to it, I was like, this is good and I dig it. This is not like, if I played, I feel like if someone played that for me without me knowing, I would be like, huh, it kind of sounds like Patrick, but like, I wouldn't say this is a Fall Out Boy song. I would guess that this is like maybe a soul punk song. Yeah, I don't even think soul punk was this stripped down. Yeah. Like I would be like this, I, would, this definitely I would think feels that this like is like that. maybe like a soul punk like B side. Yeah, like, oh shit, is Patrick doing soul punk again? Like this sounds like a yeah. new soul punk song. Yeah. Like it has that vibe though. Yeah, I'm gonna make a comparison that Caitlin won't get, but this kinda sounds like um Far by Coheed and Cambria, where it really is a song from Claudio's side project that he made the band do instead. And like, that's yeah, really that's just absolutely like absolutely what this feels like. Like, yeah. I don't get that specific reference, but like that description seems absolutely mm-hmm. correct. But that's, that doesn't seem like what happened because there are some interviews posted up here on Genius.com. Please sponsor us 
where it seems like uh, Patrick describes it as natural to the whole band. Just it happened, it came together. They were like, yep, this feels great. And apparently when uh, other people started listening to it, they were surprised that the other people thought it was different for the band. Oh, well, I mean, Fall Out Boy seems to be like low key, like infamously unaware of like how they sound to other people. Yeah, it seems like it seems like if they're all on the same wavelength, then they don't really think about it beyond that. They're like, yep, this is us because we're doing it. Yeah, like the whole like this is our only love song quote. Like, I feel like it's very strange. Yeah, I feel like it just cements that like as long as they're like all vibing on the same wavelength, they don't Mm -hmm. realize like that there is a house style to them. Yeah, I think I think they are they are they exist exclusively in their moment they're in at any given time. Mm hmm. So, uh, I mean, I, I got to say, outside of that, I super respect it. But then when they make, like, I don't know, there are parts of American Beauty that I think make it a very incohesive album. Mm-hmm. Mainly the, the title track, to be, to be honest. But, uh, but yeah, things like, oh, this is our first real love song. I'm like, is it? Yeah, no, I it's... Feel, a, I, I mean, like, I guess ultimately they're the creators, so they get to say that. But also... yeah. Like, no, that's bullshit. (laughs) We've grappled with how these songs sound to us versus Pete's potential intent with writing them. And but I'm just like, Pete, I want to trust you because there's I feel like you have to know your body of work better than I do because you made it. But also we consumed it religiously. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. There are other songs that feel like fucking love songs. Or maybe that's even like I could maybe if if I were to ask him again, he'd be like, oh, no, I don't know why I said that. Well, I feel like I get because we've talked about it before of him saying the thing or like like us thinking like, oh, well, maybe it's the first time that he's he means like a love song that feels like spun positively. Mm -hmm. And I think you could make that argument, certainly. But I think that's kind of a fucked up view of love that like the only time you could say that a love song is a love song is like when it went well, because like, I don't know, at least for me, like. Yeah, it's I I feel like my my understanding of love song is so much more broader. Mm hmm. Like, like, love is your failed attempts, too. Yeah. We're getting deep here on this, in this episode. It really, we are. We're, this is our therapy session. Uh-huh. Um, we just, we, we just got out of a very heated episode of Champs in the Making, and now we're here. <laughs> we also haven't recorded in, like, two weeks, so, like, Oh, yeah, we took, we took a week off. This is really, yeah. this is, how are you, Caitlin? I'm good. Good. I, I'm, I'm a little manic right now, which been is a fun day. for me. But I'm overall very good. But yeah, I feel like the process of love, part of that is breaking up when it stops working, even if you still love someone. So yeah, I think that those count. And it's, yeah, it's bonkers to me that Pete Wentz seems to not be on that wavelength, but so it goes. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like he's allowed to define his shit however he wants. And I'm also allowed as the person listening to it to define it differently. So mm-hmm. big agree, big agree. Okay. So music. Yeah. Uh, heaven's gate. I feel like it's like, I mean, you already said that it's very stripped down. It's really straightforward. I think the musical thing I noticed the most in it was the drums. I feel like they're more present than they are in a lot of Fall Out Boy songs. I, they like, there's just like, like I kept thinking to myself, during that more like the drums were the instrument that I noticed the most and it's just kind of like I mean it's not there's nothing deep to it like it is just you know drum fills and backup stuff but it's like a nice accent to what's happening in the song itself yeah there's a lot of like the song's very fluid in that like 
you know, there'll be some snapping or some like very subtle percussion, mm. piano keys, bass lines. Um, there are those like drum fills or other flourish moments, especially in like the back third. Mm-hmm. But uh, o- overall, it really is just Patrick singing a ballad and, and the band really knows when and how to support him. Like, yeah, the it whole time. Truly feels like it's a, it's like a feature of Patrick. Yeah, and it's it's nice to get a song that really puts the like. I mean, he's always the vocalist. He's always the the one singing every song. And I think we always talk about how great his voice is. But the yeah, whole but composition it's nice that of they this let him flex. Yeah, this the whole composition of this track really feels like a spotlight on him in a way that we don't usually get. Uh, sometimes, sometimes we get songs where like, oh, he holds a note and everyone's like, they used or they used to do that anyway. I, I feel like mm-hmm. it's been a while. Where like on older tracks, you'd hold out a long note. We have Saturday. We have, uh, oh fuck, I don't remember what song from Folly Do I'm thinking of right now. Um, I'm I so the, bad at remembering the names of the Folly Do. I, I know, I know he holds out the word sins for like thirty seconds. Wait, isn't that I, isn't that America's Sweethearts? It might be. That might be what I'm thinking. I'm in of. love with my own sins. Yeah, yeah. If that's Sweethearts, then that's Sweethearts. But yeah, so he'll have moments like that. I feel like this is a song where they shine a spotlight on a, a vocal style that he doesn't use every day. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Yeah, big agree for sure. And I think I think it comes at the right spot in the album. Like, I, I don't think you can directly speak to that because you no, I listen cannot. to it for the show. <laughs> uh, but I think, like, uh, it comes in, like, I think the back and forth of this in church is really good after, like, how pretty much high octane the first half of the record is. Uh, mm-hmm. And then this is like a nice reprieve before it goes into champion, which we have talked about. Um, and I don't, you know, champion's just fine, but I think the placement on this, on, on this record, like I think mania is a good record. Like, I think I was more hesitant on it when this show started. So that's the growth from the last year. Yeah. But mania is good. Like, what I have listened to of mania, I have largely enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it sounds a little bit different than the fallout boy. That's like, I'm like, this is my shit, but like, mm-hmm. It's it's going in like a synthy poppy pop rock direction that I'm into. Yeah, Fallout Boy. This is this is gonna like I always go against these comparisons, but I really feel like Fallout Boy is coming into what Panic at the Disco used to be good at because their first two records are different bands sonically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I love that. I love that they were just like fuck it, we're doing something completely different, and I really don't care about how uh, like after that they became much less interesting to me. Like, uh, and I feel like Fall Out Boy is really like, yep, we're digging into the ideas, we're making a record, and after that, you know, it doesn't really, we're not going to be beholden to previous sounds. Yeah, I like that Fall Out Boy is willing to experiment, even if I don't like the results of those experiments a lot of the time. I don't like every experiment, yeah. I don't like most of the experiments, but I appreciate that they are continuing to do shit. Yeah, yeah. Um... And Heaven's Gate is a, is an interesting, I think, representation of that, just because it is this mm-hmm. them. It's a really stripped down, soulful song where Patrick uses the metaphor of, of uh, Heaven's Gate as a as a concert venue <laughs> uh, that he would like to 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 be with another person there. Mm-hmm. And it's good. Do you, do you want to do you want to dig into these lyrics? Yes, I do, because I have a point. That I feel like getting into the fucking lyrics will maybe help me come to terms with. Okay. So, let's do it. Let's do it. Whoa! 
do verse one or would you like me to i will do it okay all right so we start the song and it goes one look from you and i'm on that faded love out of my body and flying above if there were any more left of me i'd give it to you and i'll tell you that i am fine but i'm a missile that's guided to you that's straight to the point yeah that's straight to the point like it it, uh it's it's a type of I think selfless dedication that is not as I, I I don't squint at it the way I did with last of the real ones. And I think last of the yeah. real ones slaps, but some of the lyrics in that are the like, lyrics are troubling, but it's, it's, it's a little t- bit too much pedestal yeah. for me. I can understand it as like a, as a moment in time, maybe not like, you know, you're not always going to be turned to 11 if 11 is last of the real ones, but I mm. understand once in a you know, while, last of the real ones there. is relatable, but I feel like I feel like this is relatable in the sense of it being like, like it's it's not a last of the real one situation, right? Like it's not like like the speaker is not obsessed with the person, but it is that I have moved on and I am away from you unless I relapse. Like not mm. using that word like flippantly, but just like the idea of like all it would take for me to fall back into this is that look, which is a mood. But like I feel like the 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 establishment of them saying like it would take that look for me to fall back into this is the line between it and Last of the Real Ones, where I feel like in Last of the Real Ones the speaker is like fully just immersed. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think Last of the Real Ones is fine when I view it as like not a constant feeling so much as a, a high point, like a yeah. high that you can be on temporarily. Um, yeah. I agree, but ex- I feel like like that's like being deep in that high versus this is like I have yeah. stepped away, but it would be so easy for me to come back. I, I think I think of Last of the Real Ones as being on a, that high for however long that song is, like, what, three, mm-hmm. three and a half minutes, four? Uh, this one, I didn't really consider it as a relationship that had ended or anything. Like, long, the one look from you and I'm on that faded love. I had thought about faded as, like, you would have grown into it or been comfortable, but I didn't really consider that, like, the one look was coming after a, a significant gap period. I just considered it, like... The same mm. way that, like, I would, like, you know, a f- five minutes where my partner hasn't looked at me and then they do. And I'm just like, oh, hell yeah. 
Uh, yeah. See, I think we're coming at it from different like lenses. absolutely, which is fine. Yeah. Which I mean, I'm, I mean, that's, I'm fascinated that's sh- by by your perspective. I think it's mostly just because like there is one person in my life who like. I have moved on from we are not together anymore, but like there have been moments where it has been like literally all it would take is a look or a gesture and I would be right back on that shit. Yes, I and I, I completely understand. I I have I have been there in the past. I can I can relate to that concept. I, I but I but I view this song as an existing couple or resisting a relationship anyway. Mm-hmm. And so like to me, that's what that feel like that's what these lyrics evoke to me is like the idea mm-hmm. of like yeah like we're good i've stepped back whatever but if you look at me that way i will be right back in it i like that this can be read both ways though because i completely mm-hmm. see what you're saying yeah no and i can see what you're saying too like and i think like i think that's the beauty of the lyric like and i'm on that faded love of like mm-hmm. is it love that's faded because it's old or is it love that's faded because it's, no it's been through the fucking ringer who, I mean, who could say? I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is the time where the word choice being vague helps. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's done well. It's not too fucking over the top. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think I think, you know, we've already oversold Patrick's delivery on this song. It's fucking great. It's so good. And it really like, yeah, if there were any more of me, I'd give it to you. I think that's I mean, like, it's it's very laid bare, but his delivery of it just like. It hits you. It hits me, at least. Uh, and, like, that followed up with, and I'll tell you that I am fine. But uh, but I am a missile that is guided to you. The lyrics are good. They are. I think I think the song is good. Spoilers. I, I, do, I, I, I do as well. It's fucking good. Uh, after, so after that first verse is what is labeled the pre-chorus, and it says, Go out in the world to start over again and again as many times as you can. And in the end, if I don't make it on the list, would you sneak me a wristband? I do like, like, I think the fact, I mean, we're going to hear it in the chorus in a second, but also the title already being Heaven's Gate, you can kind of guess what on the list means in this metaphor. I do like how quickly they use wristband as a metaphor for yeah. getting mm-hmm. into a large event such as Heaven. Yeah. I also like... I, I feel like the pre-chorus kind of lends to my reading of, like, go out in the world and to start over and over again as many times as you can. Mm-hmm. And in the end, like, like I feel like, like the pre-chorus supports my reading only in just the fact of, like, yeah, it mentions trying to start over and over, but ultimately, like, when you, you in you theory... You still fall back. Well, and, like, in theory, when you die, which I feel like is, like, the ultimate, like, fate kind of moment of, like, The I ultimate don't know. F in the chat, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it's kind of dramatic, but, like, I feel like, 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 expecting to either, like, end up with someone in the end, and then having the end be death, but, like, expecting, like, when you die, you're gonna meet up in the afterlife, like, that's pretty emblematic of, like, feeling like you're kind of bound to someone. Yeah, yeah. It's, Um, uh, I, I am, I am, I am thinking of the film Sixth Sense, the, the, the best film that M. Night ever, ever directed. I believe you, even though I have not seen that film. It's good. It it absolutely holds up in a in, in a way that I don't know if all of his films do or the one I think the one that he directed this year sucks shit. Yep, I yep. Hated hated glass. Um mm-hmm. but I do think Sixth Sense holds up really really well. Uh fucking Tony Collette still doesn't have a goddamn Oscar and I am going to beat the shit out of someone for that one day. Yeah. She is phenomenal in that movie. She's phenomenal in Hereditary. Are bullshit. 
Yeah, nominate Tony Collette retroactively for Six Sense and then again for Hereditary. Also, she's good at Nights Out for us. Yes, yeah. Not anyway. looking forward to award season and all the men that are gonna get like fucking Walking Phoenix is gonna win an award for the bad clown movie. Yeah, and that's a huge bummer because like this has been such a phenomenal year for film. Yeah, like I haven't even seen that many movies. Because I don't really like movies that much, but like even just in horror, there were so many phenomenal fucking films this year. Anyway, this is a completely huge tangent. The song. Yeah, yeah, no, I was talking about Tony Collette. Yeah, Tony Collette, very good actress. I didn't She's like great. Hereditary either. I think I just don't like Ari Aster as a director. You know, that's um, valid. Anyway, uh, the chorus goes, uh, would you give me, give me, give me, give me a boost, a boost over Heaven's Gate? Yeah. Give me a boost over Heaven's Gate. I'm gonna need a boost, because everything else is a substitute for your love. Give me a boost over Heaven's Gate. Damn dumb, Patrick did it again. Yeah, the thing that fucks me up about this song, like, when you texted me what song we were doing, is there's a really horrific cult called Heaven's Gate. Oh. Yeah, and so, like, and I don't... I don't know. I was, I was, because of... Because of Pete's edgelord bullshit, I was a little bit afraid that it was gonna be a reference to that. Mm. given the lyrics it is clearly about the actual like gate of heaven yes but i wish that they had picked a different name just because that cult is truly horrific this is not one i am familiar with by name um probably because they're i mean apparently since they're they're now a group of four people i'm reading a little bit so i'm starting to understand how that happens Mm -hmm. but yeah no i guess i don't know if they've done much since 1997 but um, yeah, they UFO they related. got they got they got famous because of two really horrible murders that uh-huh. happened because of abuse, and it's just a bad time. Yeah, you know I'm gonna go on the record here and say cults are not good. Yeah, no cult. I mean, cults are bad. Heaven's Gate was like particularly worse. like mm-hmm. there was like weird like not good sexual abuse stuff happening there. That's common from all the cults i'm familiar with yeah with like kids and stuff though mm-hmm. uh it was bad anyway um so i'm glad that this was not an edgy uh reference to that yeah no this is this is this is talking about the you know the old saint peter this is talking yep. about uh the old uh the whole higher plane of existence in the sky mm-hmm. yeah luckily it's, yeah it's yep so i'm so i'm glad that that wasn't what you thought it was <laughs> I like that metaphor. Like, I, w- like when you take the scary cult shit out, I like the idea of like, hey, we're going to meet up in the afterlife and would you smuggle me in? Yeah, it's 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 kind of without saying it, implying that like, I ain't going to fucking get there on my own merits. Or like, I don't believe that I will. Mm-hmm. But like, would you help me anyway? Which I think is like... Cool, and I think it leads into the because everything else is a substitute for your love. Such a good line. fucking line, by the way. Yeah. And like, I think by itself, it's you know, it's it's so clear and stated. But like, the the way it comes in, like where it comes in in the chorus and Patrick's delivery, it's just like perfectly implemented. Yeah, it's really good. And I think again, it just like leans into that reading for me of like, yeah, you spent your whole life trying to find something to like fill the hole that was there. Mm-hmm. And then past a certain point, you just kind of have to accept that, like, you were just looking for that the whole time, and maybe you just need the real thing. Yeah, I'm I'm a sucker for things happening on the third bar of a fourth bar stanza. Like that's just 
it's a quick way of of uh of getting getting into me. I tell you what. <laughs> you repeat something twice, you say something different, you repeat the other thing a third time, damn. Joe just revealing their fucking weaknesses. Yeah, there's something about timing that really does half the work for me. Yeah, no, I think that's entirely valid. Like I don't think I think about it as much as you do, but like there's definitely moments of timing in this song that I'm like, no, this sounds so good because of the, like the pacing that it's delivered at. Yeah, I uh, I don't know if I've talked about it on the show before because there's always one song I think about. Um, I think it's 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 by the Cars. I think it's called Why Can't I Have You. Um, mm. but I think about that song a lot. There there's an like when you make songs in typically in four four, you have a lot of like doing like having it be in like a fourth you know four lines that clearly conclude has like a resolved feeling so when you set your you know your your beats up around that and then you do something only three times you leave the listener like being like all right what's next so i I find that third part being weirdly effective for delivering new information uh and then because then you're like you have something new and then you resolve it afterwards or you have that something new and then you move on to something else um that that song in particular by the cars the pre-choruses only have three lines um when everything else has like a you know or an, an even number um mm. but so i think about that a lot i also think about fallout boy how they will do a pre-chorus they'll, they'll do a verse a pre-chorus a verse a pre-chorus and then their actual chorus like mm-hmm. i think that pacing is really effective for like delivering a new thing in the the back third of the song yeah i agree for sure it's good. This song doesn't do that. I'm just talking about music this at this point. This song is pretty fucking dope. Um, okay. Yeah. You want to read verse two? I do. It's short. It's really, it's a little baby. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, verse two. I've got dreams of my own, but I want to make yours come true. So please come through. Honey, please, please come through. Damn. Damn. There's something about, like, the, like, it's, I think it's a pretty intentional contrast of a very classical, soulful vocal delivery with very modern diction like talking about like using the wristband metaphor using the phrase come through i Mm -hmm. I think uh a boost over heaven's gate which isn't even that like you know who modern but um Mm. i i I think that contrast is effective the way patrick does it and it's just yeah that's a really succinct good verse he's not drawing it out it's not departing from the theme it's just consistent Yeah. Good shit. Yeah. And it's just, I, God, the fucking line of just, I want to make your dreams come true. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's yeah, just, I got dreams of my own, but I think, you know, I'll, I'll put you first. Yeah. And, it, and, and like the idea of it being like, like, please, like, just like, like, please, mm-hmm. you like, be yeah. there. Like, I. Yeah. That, the repetition of, of please come through is really good. There's something like, again, like the, the selflessness of this song that, feels like relatable in a healthy way compared to mm-hmm. the the high of last of the real ones yeah it's just a, it's just it's a good song it's great mm-hmm. um the pre-chorus and chorus that follow are, are identical so i will not be reading those but i will jump ahead to the bridge uh which is not particularly in depth but uh it says you're the one habit i just can't kick uh, and he repeats that four times and then says, you're the one, you're the one, you're the one, you're the one, you're the one habit I just can't kick. That looping is really good. I think, again, like, I think it's a good 
usage of the genre that they're playing in the way the music builds after the bridge is really good like that's where you get like the i think his highest note in the song and like all the drum fills and shit because that last Mm -hmm. chorus is like bombastic not in the sense that like you know fallout boy has you know you would think is bombastic but for this song it uh it really knows how to play in this space Like, it's, yeah, it's another, I think this song is just really personal to me, maybe, is what we're discovering. But That's fine. I mean, are, are, yeah. we, are we unlocking the secret gate? Are you having a genuine emotional response? I am. Damn. Which I didn't realize until we were getting to the lyrics, and I was like, oh, no. But yeah, because, like, the you're the one habit I just can't kick. You're the one, you're the one, you're the one habit mm-hmm. I just can't kick. It's like, fuck. Yeah. Especially coming, like... I feel like that has a, a, a little bit of a in, like deeper depth with Pete Wentz writing it in what, 2017, 2018? It would have been 2017, but mm-hmm. still like with the the history that Pete has had, I think it's an interesting choice of words. Mm-hmm. It's a good fucking song. It's a good song. Yeah, and then the chorus plays again. It's, it's a, uh, it's, it's, you know what? I just feel it in my bones. It's good. And yeah, that's... This... This song, without me even realizing it, like, fucking got my, just, just, it just hit me in the heart. And, Mm -hmm. like, that's, that's, you know, I have historically enjoyed Bania, but I haven't super duper vibed with it emotionally. Um, but this We've mainly hit, we've mainly hit the, the, the poppy singles, you know? And I mean, like, I did vibe with Last of the Real Ones in a way that was, like, me being like, yeah, this is a this is a mood, but like not anymore because I'm like a mm-hmm. better person than I used to be. Yeah, it, it's it's a mood I can relate to, even if it's not a mood I want to live in. Yeah, but this is just like, oh, this is just like a real, like state of being in my life and something that like I've had to contend with a lot, and so yeah, it just feels special to me in that way. Mm-hmm. Also, Patrick, do a good sing. Oh yeah, I I feel like. I, I, I had never seen Fall Out Boy live, but I have to imagine if I, I would one hope that this is in their this set list. Rule life. I, I, I can't imagine the way that the song opens with that, like just a very specific like vocal part that Patrick delivers. I have to imagine after like some some absolute bangers, like some singles, they're playing like their high energy shit for like the first couple songs of the night. And there's like, you know, the long pause and then like setting up to do something different. And like the lights go out and you just hear Patrick hit that note. I have mm-hmm. to imagine that like that fucking controls a room in, in the way that like, I mean, I, I would relate to the wonder years where like that exact thing happens. But then you hear like the opening lines of like they're there or uh, maybe the inter- entering notes of like uh, Cardinals or something. Mm-hmm. Music good. Believe it or not. Yeah, no, this rules. Yeah. So. And there's uh there's no video to talk about. Um 
There's a lot of Mania videos, but I don't, I couldn't find one for this one. So yeah, I didn't see one either when I very briefly mm -hmm. looked. And they've moved on to make a uh, Dear Future Self and Bob Dylan videos, so I don't think they're going back to to yeah, Mania I at would, this point. I would be shocked. Yeah. Um. So that's that's that on that. Uh. I I I almost wasn't sure if we were gonna get like over thirty minutes on this episode just because I feel like oh yeah it's just good. But I, I really like how in-depth we got to discussing this one. It's nice. Yeah, me too. I, I was not ready f to feel feelings, but here we are. Here we are. Speaking of other things I didn't expect to feel feelings from, uh, my pairing this week is the, not the opening song, but the second song from Frozen 2. <laughs> Something. Good, well, it was a good but flawed film. I, I, think, it, I think it was good. I think it, you can feel that there's there were rewrites i think the ending could have gone farther than it did but there are some pacing issues is what i would say i didn't feel any pacing issues mm. i'm excited to, to see it again there's a lot of i i i consider it a very visual spectacle i think all the songs are good i yes. think uh I, I i wish the story went farther in its mm -hmm. themes than it did but when i reconcile uh the the demographic they're going for I completely feel like it did fine um, there. Cause I mean, we're talking about a movie where Olaf looks into the camera and says, everyone's a little bit older now, um, which is also in the song that I'm, that I'm pairing. Cause I'm pairing. Some things never change. Hell yeah. Caitlin. Yes, Joe. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on twitter.com at CG and eight R's. And from there, I have a pin tweet with most of my other shit. Hell yeah. You can find myself on Twitter at Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J O. Uh, I make quite a few other podcasts. My other music show just ended. I was on that. Caitlin was there. Caitlin was there for the finale of 294 Note Streak. We figured out what the best song in Guitar Hero was. Uh, it took exactly a year, uh, 26 bi weekly episodes of, uh, of that, of, of us ranking a Guitar Hero bracket. In, in 30 minute chunks and uh it's done we did it we we cracked it and um i'm glad that caitlin could contribute i'm glad that multiple Me too. i really hosts... came in at the 11th hour and oh, yeah um, was that your you were were you on just the last episode or the last no few? i was on two i think okay and nice. i think i literally just got a text from riley that was like hey what are you doing mm -hmm. that's kind <laughs> of how it was because like riley and i were just at a standstill we were like well we need more people and uh we how we did it we finished it off it was fun it was cool i'm glad i got to be on it before it ended yeah you're part of history i am i keep getting to have opinions about music even though i don't know shit about music i truly just do things if you if you support the orange Ghost patreon the network that we're on the orange Ghost podcast network uh it's supported by patreon you can go to the patreon.com slash the orange groves at the two dollar level you can get cut content which includes 10 minutes of us talking about movies that i cut out and also, I need to finish up the, we did some, well, so far, just Caitlin has done some readings from Grey, which we I did. We said we were going to do, I think we needed some space from it <laughs> uh, to do it. But uh, I have Caitlin's audio, I need to record mine. So that will be up uh, sometime this month of December. And that will be at the $2 level with all the cut content as well. And uh, it's been a year of the Orange Groves, which means there's plenty to dig into if you're a new patron. Um, also, I can say now that, uh, you know, our patronage is, is working towards the goal of bringing on, uh, transcription services to the network. Mm -hmm. It's going to be, it's going to be slow going, 
uh, as as we you know started off. Um, but uh, you know, one day I'd I'd like there to be you know enough patronage that it can just be a, a network staple. Uh, also, the ten dollar level gets you uh, some bonus episodes of of some other stuff, including Champs in the Making, which is now a free public show. But uh, there will continue to be episodes early on the Patreon, uh, quite a bit early. So, um, so there's there's that as well. Caitlin was just on episode what was it fourteen? Fourteen. Yeah, that's that's was that your first champs? That was my first champs. Hell yeah! One day we'll have all the Orange Goes hosts on on champs. I was supposed to be on it like two months ago, but I got really sick. Mm. F. Mm-hmm. But, I got um, Pax Plague like two weeks after Pax. Oh yeah, sleeper agent Pax. It flew. Yeah. It was it was a great time. Anyway. Anyways, um, so if you look down in the show notes, you'll find uh, our links to our Twitters and also um, a link to the Fallout Boy pairing playlist that we've been compiling for the past year of this podcast. Um, as I said, uh, a Frozen Two song will be on there. It's a great song. It really is. Good soundtrack for that movie. Good movie. Mm-hmm. Multiple songs in that movie made me cry. I got very close to crying during that movie. I didn't, but so I think I think the back to back, like the last two songs, are just like powerful, but also next to each other, too powerful. Yeah, that's, no, you're that's my to- honest you're, take. You're completely valid in that. I- and on that note, <laughs> I think I think we wrap this episode up. Caitlin, yes, Joe. Is this one more than you bargained for yet? Honestly, yes. I didn't expect to have a genuine feeling. Yeah, well, we'll see if we have one next week. I bet we won't. With a different Fallout Boy song, but until then... Goodbye.